Okay, so newest TikTok trend. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard about vabbing? Vabbing? V a b b i n g. Vabbing. No, I have not. Vagina dabbing. New perfume. <laughs> no shit. Like you dip your vagina in perfume you or you dab your vaginal juices as perfume. Oh, on your body. On your body. Okay. Better? Shockingly, that is better to me than, than dipping your vagina in perfume. Oh, oh of course. Yeah, that's. But using your the odor of your vagina yeah. as perfume. Uh, okay, so I'm all so I asked Ash this. Hey Bobby, would you be attracted to Haley if she started dabbing her vaginal juices all over, like behind her ears and neck? <laughs> Maybe that's why you're so Look, may I will may I repeat? What'd you say? Those pharaohs are strong. <laughs> This is maybe too gross for the podcast, but Bobby does have a mustache. Oh my God. Never have I ever thought about that until now. Oh my God. Right, Bobby, that's, is that why you have a mustache, Bobby? Bobby can barely grow a mustache, but yeah, what's he's living that here? mustache life. It's cold here. I think that's why your body just like adapts and grows more facial hair. His upper lip was just quivering. Freezing, yeah. <laughs> And welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. Oh my God. So anyway, yeah, this is a TikTok trend. I told this to Ash and he goes, I'm all about female empowerment, but how disgusted would females be if we just went around dabbing our ball sweat the ball sweat is different that's sweat <laughs> i was like i don't know this i feel like is an extreme i'm all about like pheromones it's well because like i'm just <laughs> i'm like support. On this <laughs> you know we should be familiar with the odor of our totally get it but body. should it be on your face no probably not or inner wrists like waving in their face like i don't think it would really like you would be able to like keep it on your skin and then hours later like sniff it and you could smell it still i mean maybe are maybe shower a lot but then it's sweat right then it's sweat it's not so bad cervical vaginal like mucus or discharge or whatever fresh juice okay <laughs> but juice mixed with sweat and dead skin right. cells get the, not okay yeah <laughs> okay like post-workout you smell no but like healthy so this is what I, am i gonna do that no no 
let's be clear but i'm i'm not i'm not hating on it i'm not hating it i feel like there'd be a couple like just social rules <laughs> absolutely if it's part of part of a greater sexual oh yeah i mean like encounter experiment okay but if you're going to a big party or whatever no probably no or if you're tra- well, what if you're trying to attract a mate? Like you think that- that's what they're that's what the purpose is. Oh, you think that like, like maybe you guys. would maybe find a more compatible mate if they were attracted to your smell, but <clears throat> your smell um, that's in your like vulva belongs in your vulva. That's what I feel like. But like the there. smell of your armpits or the smell of your like natural like body smell is different. Is, right? Yeah, like you sh- like it's okay to have those smells and that you will be more attracted to other people's smells that you're maybe compatible with. Right. You know, hence the pheromones. Yeah. So like Bobby's sweaty smell does not gross me out, but other people's sweaty smell absolutely grosses me out. So yeah, like I feel like there's a time and place for everything, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if I would be taking my badge juices like, Mm, but then again, like guys that like to go down there. Yeah. Maybe it would be effective. (laughs) And I think, yeah, maybe if it was like a known thing, I don't know, maybe that could be a little sexy. Like, where's the, where's the, (laughs) find it. Where'd I find it? Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) There's like a drastic difference between um, what perfumes we use that like, I like, you know, I I have never liked perfume. And I know it makes me like have allergies to it. It, I mean, like it makes my eyes water and makes me not feel good. It's definitely not good for us. I know that. But there is like uh, black. Love that smell. Love it. On on a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I like the girls um, Version side too. too. But that's a drastic difference between the nether region smell and perfume. You know, that's like a, that's a stretch. Right. So all being said, I can absolutely get more behind that ver- that versus changing, changing your the vagina s- smell. Yes, yes, we're not talking about changing. And so smell. if the movement is to celebrating the natural odor of a vulva, amen. <laughs> versus like douching and vagicil and trying to make a vulva smell like a flower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like so, where you're going with that. So I'm not going to poo-poo on that. Yeah. I'm not going to yuck somebody else's yum. <laughs> Who says that? I've never heard that before, but I like it. It's Yeah, like whatever whatever gets you going. Is that the yeah. take you were thinking I was going to take on that? Um, I knew you would be a little bit more on that side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think you totally embraced it. Who knows? Maybe the next. Maybe I'm just feeding you. I haven't been to a social event in so long, but I can guarantee you that I'm not going to be dipping my vagina juice on my (laughs) body for that. Okay, so we haven't said yet that we're in person. Yeah, for the first time. I feel like already the pod energy is back. Is back. See, you just need to come back to break. Right. Oh my gosh. Um. But yeah, exciting. I'm in Wisconsin. We took the opportunity to do a yeah, podcast. Absolutely. And babbing was something mm-hmm. I listened to on my way here. <laughs> so 
Oh, on was there a podcast on it? No, um, Meredith Masony. I like listened to her oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. She, um, and so she did a live on it, and I was like, "This is what was her gold. take?" She was like, "I don't want vaginal juices all up in my fruit." <laughs> uh, <laughs> ew, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep your hands clean. Yeah, that was her like take on it. There's but, uh, my sister sent me a TikTok that is. A TikTok of people cleaning their toilet seats in the dishwasher. Like you put oh, your I've seen that. To- that is not okay. <laughs> and it's stitched or whatever it's called, like remixed with these people singing this song that's like, you can't eat everybody's house. Oh <laughs> like you can't eat everybody's house. Um, and that that big makes me think about that. Like dabbing it- is better. Than licking a toilet seat. No, no, not licking a toilet I, seat. You're basically but, licking yeah, a toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, sure. that's what's happening yeah. when you put that in the dishwasher. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and it's hot as shit in a dishwasher, but... Oh, nope. Just poop, the thought... Poop particles. I mean, I don't even like to sit on toilet seats in our mind. We know this. And you should. <laughs> we know this. You sit on that toilet seat. I know, but you know. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> I have them better, though. If it looks clean, I will sit on it. But I do reserve my skills for the ones that are absolutely not clean. Mm-hmm. Right. And I cringe every time Elsie has to sit down on one. I'm like, oh, yuck. Nothing but, bad is going to happen from sitting on a toilet seat. I mean, what if there's like pube hair and like pee on it and like it's just absolutely not clean? I mean, not any, not nothing bad is going to happen, but the idea. Well, just, just use a towel. Um, Clorox wipe. I don't care either. But so, so I have seen that lately. Is like, oh, just take a Clorox wipe and wipe down the seat. I feel like that is more dangerous for your your parts. Putting Clorox wipe next to it. Not great because then you're gonna sit on a wet, bleachy seat. Yeah, and then you're gonna have bleach absorbing into your skin, which is probably not good. Granted, I do clean with bleach a lot now that I watch. Um, what's it called? Go clean. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm obsessed. It's like is it go clean go clean co yeah go clean literally i yeah i'll get into like hyper focus mode and be like okay i'm gonna clean the way she cleans okay my mind is like how like if i'm gonna wash walls or windows or do something super repetitive that long my body is oh yeah no how does she do it how does she not hurt every single day of her life she's efficient as shit but still, she's still doing micro movements like all well, day. Well, now I think she has like a team. So like all those videos are her cleaning team. It's like she's a whole cleaning a business. To like clean. Have you seen how much she scrubbed? She was just scrubbing tarmac this weekend with multiple different things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you well, not? Maybe she, how do your neck and shoulders well, not Well, maybe hurt? Go Clean Co. What is her name? Go Clean Co. If oh, you're I'm listening her name. and your pelvic floor is bothering you, your back is bothering you from all that cleaning your shoulders let us know we'll help you yeah i would love i actually thought about how fun it would be so like, to like all fours maybe <laughs> she's just like in all fours a lot and that's really a I mean, supportive position that yeah. i bought because it's amazing it's been one yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i have that you you turned me on to that last year mm-hmm. after cleaning your house i'm like i need this um and it's amazing but it makes me feel like like my clothes or clothes <laughs> Uh, floors are cleaner, but also dumping that dirty oh, water out—it's like 
Wow. So, so the armchair that Betty sits in all the time. So she's a hound. She's like oily and like goopy and gross. And so I bought one of those like spot rug cleaners. I haven't seen those. Or like an it's like an upholstery cleaner slash it's like small, like portable one. Does it collect all the dirty crap? So I clean both of the chairs she sits on, and literally <clears throat> the water was more thick. Yikes. Than just water should be. Like because it's it was so much like greasy, yeah. yucky. Yeah. Oh pouring that out was I called Bobby over. I was like, and he's like, I literally don't care. <laughs> Nothing to me. He's like, it's gross. But I was like, like now, now sitting in this chair just feels so much better. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, now I have like blankets on them because I'm like, Betty, I just cleaned this chair. Don't fuck it up. Our dogs are starting to get up on the couch, and it's I'm not excited because Princess is so shitty, mm -hmm. and her hair floats. I've never even met Princess. Oh, she, oh, I just, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she is like, she, she did good. She is, is how big is she getting? I think. Uh, She'll be a year soon. Seven months. Okay. She was born in December. She's about 35 pounds, maybe nearing 40 by now. Cause she like for how she looks, she's small. She should be bigger. bigger for I German feel Shepherd like, yeah. Mix. Uh, German Shepherd Chow and Sharpay are all medium-sized dogs, yeah. like 40 yeah, to 55 pounds. Petite. And she is just not. And she was one of the bigger puppies of mm. her litter, so I don't know what happened. Mm. Ash goes, I really wish she would get a little bigger. Yeah, she's like, cute. Yeah. She's still seven months. But she's perfect travel size. Because let me tell you how much easier oh, it is traveling with her than 160-pound so, rhino. There is a big, humongous, like, harlequin... It's but like gray and harlequin yeah um great name that we see walking around here occasionally and i'm like oh, i could get one of those it's yeah. beautiful it's so beautiful so it's big. massive like just unbelievably massive so i've ash has been alone with him all week because i took princess so ash is alone and he he took rhino to petco or pet smart i don't even know what it is just swarmed by people he said he got so much attention and he's just a big like dope he's just like yeah da, 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 he's, just pet me <laughs> big. he's so sweet and he's a great traveler like you don't have to uh be nervous that he's gonna bite or growl or anything like that but he is so big if we just ever get in an space. accident um, with him in the car yeah we're all dead like he's so big he's just and you can't crate him he's too big to crate mm -hmm. in the car so um even if he's in the back seat hopefully those seats would like keep him back there but he it would be bad mm -hmm. so princess is way more easy to travel with yeah did she sit up on the front seat with you she did a little bit <laughs> the first the first day she was so anxious i think she thought we were going to take her back to the border no. <laughs> she had just come from there and so i had to create her that first day and then the second day she would lay and sit but um if she's all over the place i'm like no this is not safe you need to stay so but yeah it's been oh, good cool wisconsin's good it is way nicer here than north carolina it had been you. really humid like last week but no i will never complain about the summer Ugh. here at all i will never complain Just about warm weather <laughs> i will absolutely complain about the winter but no i like i won't even complain i wouldn't even complain about north carolina summer anymore after going through this past winter no way yeah yeah, you are much more of a hot person. Yeah, no, and it's been very pleasant. Like the, it's been very pleasant. 
overall to get outside and just be outside. Yeah, super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what do you, what else do we want to talk about today? Third, no, it's our second anniversary is coming up in August. Really that? Because I was no. pregnant with Robert when we started the podcast, and he'll I be two. Two, and then mm-hmm. Cam's gonna be five. I can't. Five feels like big. If you guys go to Kansas next year and he starts kindergarten there, it's mm-hmm. gonna be the greatest experience. Yeah, he he will. Yeah, he'll start kindergarten there. Like those schools are top notch. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll definitely live on post if we if we go there. Yeah, Bradley, did I tell you, like, the Bradley School has, like, a snake. Oh, cool. They have all these different, they have, like, a little strain that goes through the school. Oh, cool. And, like, they always talk about the snake, but I think they have Is a there just one school on one? No, there's MacArthur, Bradley, and I think there's a third one. Um, But both of them are great. But, anyway, Bradley was cool. They have a good science program. And the kids love it. They yeah. have a star lab. Cool. Yeah. So... I can't believe it. Elsie's starting kindergarten and it's going to be a rough month. Mm-hmm. I think like it's officially, I felt like we were easing towards this new season for the, like the last year, but now it's like, Nope, we're going to close. <laughs> we're closing this door. Like all the kids are in school now. Yeah. Um. So in celebrate, not celebration in what? Not Memorial. Just <laughs> in, recognition yeah yeah i'm gonna like start my sleeve my tattoo Mm. sleeve and that'll help me cope with all my kids in school yeah but it is for all you moms out there that have under five like kids at home the next season is very refreshing Mm -hmm. more sleep more independence for the kids you can leave them like they've been with my parents for a week and a half now um and it's like less physical child care like caring, lifting, lifting and caring yeah. and bathing and cribs and car seats and all of that stuff um that really wreaks havoc on your pelvic floor mm-hmm. yeah I had a little back pain episode yesterday and I truly was it was eye-opening of like how many you don't think about how many times you pick up your kids <sighs> yeah. until it's hurting yeah You're like holy crap I'm picking them up all the time and and like I feel like that is a hot point for a lot of clients is that they seek help when the you know when they can't care for their children the way they want to or or need to and yes I can absolutely see that as motivating but also I wish more people would get there before they're at that point Mm-hmm. You know, get the support that you need before you're at the point where you can't pick up your kid or you can't play or run or chase them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just be kind of proactive about that. I, when I was coming up here, I stopped with a friend um, for one night and she has a 10 month old. And I, I like held her for like all of five minutes until she wanted to get down and play. And even that five minutes, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. It's so <laughs> like my back was getting a little bit angry from that hip shift. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and then you think about like, oh my gosh, like when you haven't done it in a while, it's very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have to do it, how 
those little things add up for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is physically, physically demanding and um, on a system that has been through a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, the assumption that like, oh, this is natural and this in recovering from birth and, or just even caring for a small child um, is something that, you know, we're meant to do and we're supposed to do, but, you know, like, no, <laughs> these yeah. problems have been going on for a long time and really the proper care and attention being given to their recovery is, is essential. It is, it blows my mind to think about like the day before like pelvic floor or even like PT was like a thing and women were having like a half a dozen plus kids. Mm -hmm. Like how in the world did they, it just blows my mind. Mm -hmm. How did they like, what happened? Like were they just dealt with problems? Like, I mean, I think there are segments of the population who do recover pretty well, pretty well without support. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, those, you know, this is a hot, hot take, but those people become not always, but a lot of those people are also fitness influencers who create postpartum programs, right? Because they visually and physically like healed healed well from birth granted they are doing activity and exercise and rehabilitation but i think their perspective on how to help someone and support someone's recovery when things aren't go isn't going according to plan or they genetically aren't healing the same way they did um and that's that's i think harmful to people sometimes to see like well and that was harmful to me when i was postpartum the first time was like you know, how come that person can do these exercises and then feel and look amazing? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it really is an individual journey mm-hmm. for sure. And I mean, I feel like overall, like on the outside, I healed pretty well, mm-hmm. but dealing with that pelvic girdle pain and prolapse, that right. was not fun. <laughs> right no and, 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 and I think yeah like did I lose weight yes but yeah that doesn't mean that things were healing the way they should have healed or that they didn't need more support and nope. I think that is a, a thing that we all need to remember when we're, we're thinking about rehabilitation rehabilitation is not um, body composition changes rehabilitation yeah. is not losing weight or having a flat stomach rehabilitation is so much more than that. And that flat stomach is not a metric of diastasis healing Mm -hmm. um, or a strong core or Mm -hmm. the absence of pain or dysfunction. And just like the timeline is going to be so different for people, which is when I did, when I created to birth and back, I struggled so hard with giving a timeline. I didn't for the first like two years. Uh I was like, when you can do this, then move on. Like people really struggle with not having like some sort of, and I get it. Cause it's like me. I, I came up with an analogy that helped me understand. Um, it's like cooks, right? If you're not a good cook, you need a recipe because you have no idea like how to put together a meal. Mm -hmm. If you're a great cook, there's, you don't need a recipe. You just go in there and do stuff. And it's the same with like PTs and like movement. 
Like mm-hmm. we know we can go in and just do stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people need a recipe for how to do their workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so I did eventually put some timelines on it, but it really, I was just like, Oh, I do not want to do this because not everyone fits in these timelines. Mm-hmm. And I would rather like master the skills in order to build on them yeah. through the program. than Oh, just check this box. Just check this box. Yeah. Cause I mean, I would, I could have two, so two clients in the same day. One is very newly postpartum, but did all of the things before, you know, had a very smooth birthing experience. Body awareness. Is at their first postpartum appointment where we're checking through a whole bunch of boxes and they're, they're progressing and we're letting them loose. Mm-hmm. And also have someone then right after who's 10 years postpartum mm-hmm. and we are doing very, very basic essentials, not because of a timeline, but because this system, what this system needs versus what that system needs and what that system has and what that other one doesn't. And so, um, you know, I get the question fairly frequently as like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not early postpartum slash I'm not postpartum at all, but I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z problem. Can you help me with that? And I think that is maybe a marketing thing of like, it's, these are principles of movement, breathing, pelvic floor coordination, posture, um, alignment that, um, apply to everyone. And I niche into public health or I talk about public health or postpartum or pregnancy, because I think it is a segment of the population that does need more awareness and support, but these concepts apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. I know that's like hard because people ask like, well, this, and I'm like, even like males I'm like, yeah, these same concepts you could, you could go through to birth and back mm-hmm. other than the growing belly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the breathing, the positioning, the mechanics, the pelvic floor movement, and it, most of it applies to you too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so you're on your own, you're on your own path. You're on your own journey in that. And yeah, I love that analogy of like, fucking it's good it's a good one yeah because yeah you will definitely i'll definitely have clients who give them concepts or ideas and then they work on it mm-hmm. and then there's other clients who could be like okay monday morning yeah do this 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 tuesday afternoon do this you know yeah and that's and they do really well with that and just like cooking i think the more you use recipes the better you get at then learning the principles and then being able to make up your own recipes mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, ultimately what both of us really want to teach people is like how to be a good cook, mm-hmm. right? Good movement cook. Yeah. <laughs> movement recipe. I, I will stick with cooking because I'm a terrible baker. <laughs> oh, I bake. I don't, I hate cooking. Mm-hmm. I, I, so this kind of goes into, um, I found a gold mine. Have you heard of Aaron Skinner in our, in, in your old stomping ground in North Carolina? Oh, Aaron's. She's empowered nutrition. They have a podcast. I was just on their podcast. Um, and she is a dietitian, but she's also a functional medicine doctor. Okay, cool. And she, she recognizes like the hormones and like supporting hormones with nutrition and all this stuff. They take insurance. Oh, cool. And I am sending everyone so freaking excited. Yeah. The next day, I, I think I recommended like all my clients. What's it called? I'm going to write this down. Empowered Nutrition. Do they do online? 
Yes, she does online. I don't know how insurance would cover that. Um, but she, so both Ash and I have appointments in September. Nice, that's amazing. <laughs> because I feel like um, being a PT, I get really wrapped up in movement and strength and function. But postpartum, I wish that I would have nailed nutrition a lot harder because I suck at my nutrition. I like, I just eat when I'm hungry. I'll just grab and go. I'm like, just what I try to eat healthy, but just eating healthy isn't enough. You got to make sure you're getting what you need. And, and I don't eat enough calories. I don't focus enough on my food. So I am going to go down that path and try to really clean up (laughs) that part of healing. But with thyroid issues, I suspect that I'm starting to have some thyroid stuff, Mm -hmm. like not anything major, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's amazing how many postpartum women have thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a friend who was going through an embryology class and talked about how like pregnancy affects the thyroid. I'm not even going to get into it because I don't know the intricacies and I don't want to just spew information, but anyway, there's a link there mm-hmm. of like yeah, why it's a humongous hormonal shift. And some, yeah. I mean, if there's sometimes things get derailed. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they think about food, they think more diet, they think more weight loss, they think yes. more, but it's, it's fuel. Like, when I think of food, I think of fuel. Like, am I getting enough? Am mm-hmm. I, because like that is going to determine how your body reacts to exercise. If it can rebuild muscle, mm-hmm. if it has the energy to do, so you don't get into like a low energy threshold um, because low energy availability can really spark thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I think it's, I mean, it's something that has, is takes so much unlearning and takes yeah. so much work. I have never had, I think, a formal eating disorder, but I think there is eating disorder tendencies in a lot of women um, because of the messaging of like, oh, calories in, calories out. And if you're trying to lose weight, you need to burn calories. And I think in college was very like exercise orexic in that like, okay, if I eat this thing, it's 200 calories. I need to go on the treadmill and burn 200 calories or whatever mm-hmm. that is. And so really now as an adult looking at that and thinking how unhealthy that is and also looking at the, the, the message I want to send to my kids and what I want to show to them about food and exercise. And so really having to check myself on that, mm-hmm. on that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that movement, we don't need to, we don't, we don't need to quantify things in that, in that way. And so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I struggle with, yeah, like being really specific about what I eat because I think I can fall into that pattern of like trying to control weight, body size with food. And so, um, yeah, just being right now, I'm in the stage of like awareness (laughs) and, and, um, going down the line of like tracking intake and tracking food with like uh even with a professional i think has the has the possibility of becoming unhealthy for me yeah it makes me it like makes me a little nervous to think about that yeah i'm hoping my goals i want to do like the food sensitivity tests mm-hmm. to see if so there are things... like there are flaws with that also yeah 
And I mean, if you do it with a nutrition person, uh-huh. because sometimes it's not something that you're actually sensitive to. It's like something that you've been eating a lot of. So when I did it a couple of years ago, it was like foods I had been eating a ton of that came up as that I was sensitive to. So like uh, avocados, um, what else? Like a lot of foods that I eat a lot of. Interesting. And so then I started eliminating those foods because I thought, oh, maybe I'll you know, maybe I'll lose. And it, yeah, I was feeling fine. I was feeling fine eating those foods, Mm -hmm. but because this piece of paper told me I shouldn't eat those foods, I kind of stopped. But like, since then, when I eat avocados, I don't get sick. Avocados don't make me sick. I think it was just, so having someone help you navigate interpreting those tests, I think Mm -hmm. can be really helpful. Yeah. She does like, um, the poop test. Yeah. Stool test. Yeah. I think that's probably hormone testing, blood yeah. testing, Vers- all yeah. those like all of, yeah, I think that, and that the goal shouldn't be that you have to eliminate those things forever. We mm-hmm. seem to support a system that can tolerate them a little bit more, but it's probably kind of like us where it's like all that testing, like taking one test and looking at one test mm-hmm. is not going to give you an accurate view right you gotta mm-hmm. like what are your symptoms what are mm-hmm. what's your diet already look like mm-hmm. and then seeing what those tests reflect whereas like we can't do one test and be like oh your hip range of motion is limited and then not know pelvic position or or yeah you're anything your, else your kegel strength is a two out of five then we have to give you a ton of kegels like right you got to know there's more going on the bigger picture so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see what she has to offer yeah. but i just want to get that and then this is like my big beef with our medical system is like waiting till things are out of control before the medical system is like oh yeah you need to help with that <laughs> like i want to like thyroid, prevent stuff. yeah like your thyroid has to get so out of control until you're not making any thyroid hormone then you need to take fake thyroid hormone versus right. well yeah can we identify why this is starting to spiral out of control and um a recently a person started following me since i've been posting about prolapse content called the butt doctor oh i need to look her up it's a guy yeah, it's her. a man and um they're a colorectal surgeon. Oh, nice. And so when I posted about splinting, they had commented like, oh, I see that this, you know, when people have this and it progresses to fecal incontinence that they do really well with surgery. And I would agree. Yeah. If we're at the point of not being, or, and even with the, he, he said something like, even with PT, um, they, they won't go away and that they really respond well to surgery. And to which I agree there is a time and place for surgery Mm -hmm. if the tissue is beyond the point of, of recovery. That being said, can we please capture these women before they're at the point of fecal incontinence and having to poop five times a day because their support is so poor? Yeah. We need to capture things before they're so bad that you need a surgeon. Yeah. It's, it's really about prevention. And I think the problem is like pelvic floor health, you don't realize there's an issue until there's an issue. And so you don't start educating yourself about an issue until like, you know, you're or it's so bad. Or like, you're... yeah. Like, or, or recognizing uh, the earlier signs. So mm-hmm. the earlier signs maybe being some urinary frequency or urgency or having to pee. Yeah. Like be mm-hmm. all that, you know, Oh, or just in case peeing being a cre- precursor or um, fecal urgency in the grocery store being a, a precursor to some of that. We need to continue to do a better job. And other point of care healthcare providers 
need to also be better at identifying these early signs of pelvic floor dysfunction, mm-hmm. right? Because if the primary point of contact postpartum is OBGYN or midwife, um, we need to make sure that they know um, what is a, you know, not, we don't need to be sending off fire alarm bells all the time, mm-hmm. but we need to recognize like, hmm, this is maybe suboptimal. Let's make it optimal. Let's optimize. And yeah, I think that's, that's really important. It's kind of that like, yes, birth is a natural thing, but it is also a very impactful, life-changing, physical altering and event. It, and it has become less natural. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, I think, and OBs are seeing people six weeks ish postpartum and going, Oh yeah, I see this all the time. Like you're normal as far as like you're normal with every other six week postpartum person I see, but, and that's, there is like a spectrum of healing. Yeah, you're and very like, early in this healing process, but let's, let's optimize it. Why not send all of your people just for an assessment, especially if insurance covers it and they, you know, show interest and in say, instead of being like, Oh no, just give it another month. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, it's, we're getting, we're, we're going in that direction. Yeah, I think overall, like the newer population of birth workers are recognizing the importance of that, but mm-hmm. I always you know what those better. French people right? that are getting 10 visits on PT after every birth. Yeah, I'd love to talk to someone who's, who does that or like who has gotten that and, and see what their experience is like. Um, is that care individualized or is it more biofeedback based or yeah, what is the, mm-hmm. What is the story on that? Because, I, I, yeah. Or just like... The utilization, is it used? Is it effective? Could we study these? <clears throat> could we study their outcomes? Are they doing better? Are they subsequently having more children mm-hmm. because they're supporting their recovery? Um, yeah. Or are they doing less surgeries? Are they having less prolapse? Are they having less incontinence? Is it working? I think that would be a good a good thing to look at. That would be really interesting. And like for us too, like trying to capture more, like doing maybe more group classes or Mm -hmm. trying to capture more postpartum women in a, you know, more feasible way. Yeah. And and empowering physical therapists to get into that more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just like heard, I was listening to the public health, I think it's the public health podcast or whatever I think it was Julie we that made a comment like as physical therapists like the pelvic health world has created this like orb around pelvic health that it's like special to us and we're the only people that can help it and whatever and how that's damaging to the overall good I mean because all PT should be aware of pelvic health and be aware of the yeah. basic biomechanics of absolutely, the core absolutely. and the, the red flags and when to refer. And it shouldn't be like this, like, you know, niche. it shouldn't be <laughs> so niche. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It should not be so, shouldn't be so, so niche. It should be a part of our profession. Yeah. Absolutely. And just like encouraging people. Well, and like a major it. screening of red flags that we should all be doing as physical therapists is screening for bowel and bladder dysfunction. Whether mm-hmm. you are checking someone's knee or hip or low back pain, especially if you're treating their low back pain, um, you should be asking any changes in your bowel and bladder function mm-hmm. or anything of note of your bowel and bladder function. And 
people don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. And that also hurts our profession mm-hmm. because it's it, then we miss things. And if we're trying to be doctorate level uh, providers and be primary point of contact, we need to be screening people for other red flags. Do you have irretractable night pain? Do you wake up at night? Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are major things that, that we, sh- that should be automatic, but it's, but often it takes someone seeing multiple, multiple providers f- to ask some of those like harder questions. Yeah. Yeah. We are so excited to kind of get back on track with the podcast, get going again for this next I don't know if we'll call it season or whatever. Um, but yeah, so good to talk in person and yeah. It's so much different. So much better. It is so much better. Gosh, it feels, you gotta come back. I know. I know. Like two years of Yeah. So I was talking to Bobby about that. I was like, I feel like if we overlap in that where CrossFit Bale is, mm-hmm. is there any other vacancies in that? No. It's just the pharmacy, pharmacy in them. Mm-hmm. And how big is that pharmacy? Oh, uh, it's a it's a big room, mm-hmm. one room, just... and then back rooms. Okay, but um, by food line, there's those mm-hmm. vacant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think either scoping locations potentially. Yeah, looking at That'd some a lot of different options for expansion growth. I wonder um, that sex counseling person they're Mm. opening an office soon i need to check in with her that would be a really create like a collective space Mm -hmm. almost yeah that would be interesting yeah that was the original plan before you guys got back with with um the lactation and whatever but they tell you my neighbor is like a trauma therapist oh nice and i'm like i want so bad to like pick her brain that and like you know like make a circle yeah. with like all these professionals. Yeah. I'm, um, so I'm the, the counselor that is going to do the next masterclass in August. She's really cool. So she works with two different surrogacy agencies in the area, screening mm. all of the families and potential gestational carriers. Um, I want to do that. So I was thought about me. I was like, but I treated a surrogate, a woman who was a surrogate. That's so cool. And she has two sons of her own. She, her and her husband, she like thought she wanted a third. She's like, I don't think I really want a third. I think you just want to be pregnant again. I know. I just, I don't know if I wanted a fourth. I just really wanted to be pregnant again. And so she, that's what she did. So she had somebody else's baby. I follow someone who's a surrogate on Instagram and I'm like, Ugh. but then like, I'm going to be 36, you know, so that I don't know what, what how the they, are. yeah. So she's, so she's, I I don't know how, I can't remember how old she is, but she is coming to PT because she's considering having another baby for that same family. And so she's like, okay, I need to get my, myself focused. But my argument is, you know, granted surrogacy is already so expensive, mm-hmm. but why aren't we including that physical therapy in part of, as part of that care? And so that's something that we might pursue with that, with that therapist is even a consult to educate or groups to educate potential surrogates about mm-hmm. what their pelvic floor needs may be postpartum or during pregnancy so that they can make an informed decision about becoming a surrogate or not. Mm-hmm. Because I think I was telling, we were, we were talking about that like informed consent and knowing what you're getting into when you consent to be a surrogate. Um, but I was like, people who have kids and are not surrogate don't get that information. <laughs> 
So is a pregnancy really truly informed consent? <laughs> if you don't know, if you don't know what is potentially going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't, I knew that prolapse was a thing, but I didn't really, like I didn't know really what that meant. And that, like, I don't yeah. know. And I don't, I think like that's just life. Like you're never going to really truly understand or appreciate things until you have to experience them. But when over 50% of women, it's like 80% of women at two weeks postpartum have prolapse. Yeah. So I mean, I, education's huge and it def- definitely needs to catch up. But like, yeah, why can't we, but how many of those women are seeking that information? Like at some point, like it's on us to like educate ourselves and like find that. <laughs> <laughs> I know like what. It's not, but it, but if you, it's not your fault if you get pregnant and you like didn't know like all the things that could happen in pregnancy and postpartum. And the, the, it, it shouldn't scare people off. Mm -hmm. Or if it does, then maybe, yeah, then maybe that was, maybe you shouldn't, you know, maybe having kids isn't for you if it Mm -hmm. does scare you off. Mm-hmm. But but having a kid blindly without awareness of all of that, I think is not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. And it makes me sad when people are really dealing with the fallout and maybe made would have made different decisions in their life if they had known. Yeah, I think uh, like birth providers or people that work with like pregnant people or just like women's care in general, even before pregnancy could do better at having conversations you know like what do you think pregnancy is like talking about family planning yeah and and for me you know with having a second I knew that I knew more about the risks and benefits and alternatives to having another kid but the decision was to have another kid knowing all of that information Mm -hmm. um and and so we should get that opportunity, I think, with our with first pregnancies too, versus just, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to have a baby. You know. So what would that look like, though? Because people are better choosing, health education. Right? People choose to have. I mean, not all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like in a committed relationship <laughs> when you are when you are choosing to have a kid. Um, don't you think like if you're if part of family planning, part of family planning would be or like. Uh, a woman's a woman's well check right when they ask like oh what are your what are your thoughts on expanding your family or having kids or pregnancies or whatever and that in that moment to again not a fear-based education just oh you're thinking about having a kid in the next year okay let's start talking about prenatal vitamins let's start talking about exercise Let's start talking about ways we can optimize your health. Let's start talking about ways we can optimize your core and pelvic floor function so that you can have the most comfortable and successful birth experience and postpartum experience. Like, is that, that's not too far in advance, I don't think. No, but where are they going to get this time? Because you know that our healthcare is so broken that they're literally in there for five minutes and don't even have like conversations they should have on the things that are going on in that moment. It's like so multifaceted uh, yeah. that uh, I feel like the the more broken our medical system is, the more personal responsibility we we have to advocate for ourselves and and search those answers because no one's gonna do it for you unless you get lucky. 
and you get a good practice. I mean, yeah. And then it's a then it's a public health issue. Oh yeah, for sure. And then it's a public health issue, and or I mean, maybe the benefit of privatized health insurance is that these private health insurance companies need to recognize the great expense and cost of not educating on these things and, and investing in their um, patrons or investing in the people that pay for their health insurance. Yeah, because PT is a whole lot cheaper than um, most surgeries. But not to say, it gets denied all the time. Not to say but, that surgeries aren't essential sometimes. Yeah, um, right. But the more we can like educate and do conservative care, hopefully we're offsetting like the extreme fallout that can come from mm-hmm. not addressing things earlier. Mm-hmm. It's that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole season right there. Yeah, fix the world when we deal with all these problems. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, so good to talk and be in person. Yeah. So we'll say, know your bush. Love your bush. Share the bushy love. <laughs> communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.